This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. For the first time since our Super Bowl recap, we are back here on NFL Friday Podcast. This is our pre-draft edition. I'm Christian Goey along with Reed Horner. Reed's been writing a lot about the draft for those who have not read his pieces on our website, WFUVsports.org. He's been analyzing each position group in the weeks leading up to it. Uh, and I know he is very excited, as well as myself, about the big night in just two nights from now. It is. It's like it's Christmas with a weird twist to it. But regardless, <laughs> it's going to be really exciting. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for this draft class because there's so many good players in it. Uh, there's a lot of rumors flying around as usual. We really don't know what's going to happen. Um, and then some big news happening today. Not necessarily good news by any stretch of the, of the imagination. Gary and Conley, Ohio State cornerback, uh, according to Cleveland police, has been accused of rape. Uh, earlier this month in Cleveland, uh, and they're investigating that currently. Uh, no charges have been filed, of course. But Gary and Conley, uh, a cornerback that has been projected by many analysts and experts to be going in the f- top half of the first round, even top 10 possibly. He's a guy whose stock has been really rising. And then with this coming out, there's a good chance he, he falls out of the first round, and, and really, who knows if this is not resolved by Thursday. Yeah, well, we really can't comment on the legal situation just because it's so early in the investigation, but that reality may actually be what hurts him, you know? It's a horrific story. It's a horrific crime to commit if he did so, but regardless, in the every NFL team is going to be afraid of this kind of turning into something that then plagues their team, so yeah. he's definitely going to drop in this draft. There's no question about it. The question now is how long, how far will he draft? Because right. this thing won't be resolved come this Thursday. Well, we saw Lyle, Lyle Collins of the Cowboys fall completely out of the draft, and he was a first projected first-round pick out of LSU, the offensive lineman. Uh, that situation uh, that was completely resolved after the draft, they found that he had nothing to do with um, – I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember. It was a domestic violence incident or, or it was a – the death of a woman, I believe, and they found that he had nothing to do with it and that he was not implicated in, in it, and uh, Cowboys struck struck gold on that. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen with Conley. I just know he's going to fall. If I'm a GM, Reed, and this is not resolved by Thursday, I'm staying away from Conley. And that's unfortunate for Conley if this is not the case, if he did not rape as he's being accused of doing doing so. Um, I'm a, Especially in this draft with – the amount of DBs, uh, quality DBs, I would stay away from him. Yeah, I would stay away from him to a certain extent. I'm not touching him with a first. I'm not touching him with a second or a third round pick. Come the fourth round, that's right, where I think right. you can gamble, right? So I don't think he's going to drop completely out of the draft, but this is not anything anyone wants to discuss, yeah. and it's unfortunate. I didn't have him as my number one cornerback in this draft. I actually have his Ohio State buddy, Lattimore, Lattimore. as my favorite cornerback. But Conley is still uh, a prospect who I thought had great potential to turn into something in the NFL. Hopefully, the, he'll be clear to the charge. Hopefully, I should say, he didn't actually commit this crime, and we'll get to see what he ends up becoming. He has been already 
vehement that he did not do this. He's on Twitter. He's been tweeting him and Marshawn Lattimore have been tweeting a lot. And if of he people. didn't, that's this is a horrible situation for him. You yeah, know? it's 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 terrible. It's definitely going to hurt where he goes in the draft, even if he didn't do it. Because as I said. This is being investigated. I find it very hard to believe by Thursday night, just two nights from no now, way. they're going to figure it all out. You know, a lot of teams are doing a lot of work right now. That I'm sure they're scrambling to find out all the details, and they're scrambling to figure out whether or not this guy is draftable now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely a bad situation for him. And if it's true, then it's a really bad situation for the woman, and, and it's a very sad situation. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, more Cleveland uh, in, in this podcast, that's for sure. The number one pick in the draft, we all thought it was Miles Garrett in the months leading up to it, really since the college football season ended, that he was going to be the top overall pick. We've heard reports. Adam Schefter of ESPN reported about a couple weeks ago that the front office is a little split on this with the coaching staff. The coaching uh, of staff, course they are. The coaching staff wants Garrett. The front office wants Trubisky. That's what all the rumors are saying. Uh, NFL Network backed it up against again last night that they really still are not sure of who they're going to pick. Reed, if you got the number one overall pick, who are you taking in this year's draft? If I have the number one overall pick, I'm doing everything I can to get rid of it. I don't want the number one pick in wow. this draft. I think the Browns have a lot of problems, and I think Miles um, Garrett will be a guaranteed Pro Bowl defensive end if he doesn't suffer from injuries. And so the Browns, that'd be great. My problem is, is he even if he ends up being that, taking him at the number one pick is kind of over overbuying him. You know what I mean? Because a defensive end, no matter how good it is, not going to have that much of an impact like on a, for a franchise like the Browns, who have been struggling to even make the playoffs. What they need and what a lot of these teams need that's in these top part of the draft is a quarterback which is why it makes me want to throw up <laughs> that they are even considering reaching for a player like Mitch Trubisky, who, in my opinion, shouldn't go anywhere past the second round of the draft. And so the fact that he could potentially and probably will be taken as a top-five pick just shows how important it is for teams to have a quarterback. What the Browns really should be doing is trying to get rid of this number-one pick, stockpiling for next year, because that's when you're going to get the franchise quarterback with Sam Darnold out of USC and Josh Rosen out of UCLA. The problem is— Josh Allen, too, is really good at Wyoming. Yeah, the problem is every other team knows that, so they don't want to give up their picks from last year. So I think the Browns are going to end up keeping it, and then they should take Garrett if they want to at least have a playmaker on the defensive end. I think they should take Garrett. I don't think it's really any question because the Browns are just in a position where they need to get as much talent as possible. Look, they have some talent on that defense already. They have Jamie Collins from the Patriots. They have Christian Kirksey, another good linebacker. They have Danny Shelton on the D-line. They have Joe Hayden at corner. They have a lot of talent already on that defense. I think if you get a Miles Garrett, a NFL-ready superstar potential talent, you take him. And then I think they should trade up for Trubisky. I, I love that they have a kid that they that they're you think they should trade up for Trubisky with it. Think about this. Yeah, they have plenty of. Is picks. Trubisky a top five pick though? I think Trubisky's a great a great talent if he's handled properly. But, you, but and and I don't know if he'll be handled properly. That's the biggest concern with him going to Cleveland. But I like Hugh Jackson. I like the way he develops quarterbacks. I thought he did a good job with Cody Kessler last year. Kessler got hurt. Uh, I think if they really like Trubisky, who's an Ohio kid, grew up a huge Browns fan, and, and they think he'll pan out, then I think they should trade some of their assets. They have a ton of picks again this year, and they should go get their guy. Uh, you know, It's not really necessarily what I think about Trubisky. It's if they have fully vetted him, they fully evaluated him, and they come away thinking he's their guy, then you should 
do your best to get him. Can we do a little role playing really quick? You pretend you're a Browns front office or executive. I'm gonna ask you: Do you think you guys are going to be in the playoffs next year? Honestly, no. Just, no. So you'll probably be around this area in the draft next this time next year. Well, I mean, that's you wouldn't want that, but the reality is probably maybe. okay. Depending on take, how, on how their quarterback, whoever it is, plays. If you take Trubisky, you are not going to be able to to legitimately take a quarterback next, in next year. year. And Correct. I think the quarterbacks next year are better than Trubisky. Again, I think Trubisky's great. You're right. He could develop into something. And he's the most NFL-ready QB in this class. But there are certain things about him that I don't love, especially if he's playing in a climate like Cleveland. My number one problem with him is he tends to throw off his back foot sometimes, especially when he goes deep. He doesn't really step into his throws, which in college I think he can get away with that. But I think it tends to make the ball float, and especially in a windy climate and a cold climate, that could lead to a lot of interceptions. My only con with with Trubisky... I love what I see on tape from him. He's poised in the pocket. I think he's got really good feet. Uh, he he's mobile. He's athletic. He's calm, and he's very accurate from in short to intermediate passing game, which we saw from a guy like Dak Prescott last year. I think he's on tape pretty clean. Uh, it's just one year of tape that you're evaluating, though, and that's the yeah. problem. I don't really think Josh uh, Josh Rosen's a much better on tape prospect to Mitch Trubisky, actually. I really don't. And I love next year's crop of quarterbacks. I love Sam Darnold. I love Josh Allen out of, out of Wyoming. I like Josh Rosen. I have my concerns about him. But I think Mitch Trubisky is a really good prospect. The question will be, how do they deal with his growth rate? So if I'm Cleveland and I trade up to get him, they have two second-round picks. I trade whichever second-round pick is is necessary to trade, and I trade my 12th pick, and I trade maybe a later-round pick, and I get my quarterback, and I've already gotten Garrett, then I'm considering if I'm Cleveland, you go into the season with the plan being to redshirt Trubisky for a year, play Cody Kessler, and sign a veteran in, some, in case something happens to Kessler, maybe a Ryan Fitzpatrick. You bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick to be a backup. You negotiate him with the foundation that he is going to be there to mentor a guy like Trubisky and and teach him sort of the NFL verbiage, the NFL style of life, the process, while Cody Kessler starts for you in the short term. But in the long term, you're having a, you have a guy in Trubisky that's really talented, that just needs a little more time. And he's a big Browns guy, a big Ohio guy. It's a good story. I think, I, I don't think it's really wrong of them to trade some of their assets to go get a quarterback that they like. Just because next year's quarterbacks are really good, you don't know what's going to happen in a year. You really I, just don't know what's going to happen in a year. This is true, and and by no means are Darnold and Rosen guarantees in their own right. I'm well, I, I'm not. I'm not sure they're guarantees that they're going to declare for the draft. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen in a year. I just don't. I don't want to sound like I'm down Trubisky. Um, I ha, I think he's the second best quarterback in this class. I really do think everything you say that he could develop into something. I guess where I'm coming from is more of my hesitancy to believe that the Browns can do the right job in developing him. You make a great point. You may lay out a great plan, but I just feel like I've been lied to 13 times by the Browns. Yeah, of course. I don't want to be taking the 14th But if you're the Browns, you can't have that mindset. You can't go based off of how previous regimes have failed. You have to have confidence in your coaching staff in your front office to pick the right players and develop them properly. I just think they can get someone like a Davis Webb uh, or Nathan Peterman. I don't like Davis Webb. You're not a big fan? Okay, but or Brad Kai out of Miami, I think they can get someone like him, them in the second round or third round even and yeah. still not have no, to risk their chances of getting an even better quarterback next year. Because if someone like that doesn't work out, they'd be like, you know, it doesn't work out. If you label this guy with a top five pick and you not only do that but trade it's up a to big get risk. him, 
he's not going to be able to sit behind that backup quarterback. Yeah. They're going to want him, just like Goff. It's going to happen just like Goff happened in L.A. Well, that's where discipline comes in. How disciplined are, are you to keep this guy on the bench for one year? How badly do you want long-term success? You can always succumb to the pressures of fans to start him right away. That doesn't mean it's right. That's just you being pretty weak as an organization. You need to, yeah. to disprove that and let the guy sit. But the fact but that the Browns management they wants, him, wants Trubisky and the coaching staff says they don't want him is already I don't showing that— the coaching staff doesn't necessarily not want him. They want Garrett, number one, and then if Trubisky's there at 12, I think they would strongly consider that. I think Hugh Jackson's actually spoken very highly of Trubisky. I, I, I just—I'm actually surprised Deshaun Watson's actually not in more consideration for I'm that not. number 12 pick. Let's not get into that. I'm not, I'm not a Hugh You're not Watson a Deshaun fan. Watson no, fan? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I like the culture change he brings more so than anything. That's I, a fair I, point. I know there are flaws on tape. I, I didn't like him his regular season tape, but for what he did in, in against Alabama, that Alabama defense, you and I have studied individual players. I can't believe he did what he did. I, and and, and it was an iconic after. game. He'll always yeah. be remem- remembered for that. Anyway, Cleveland is in a good <laughs> position, position in my opinion. They have a lot of assets. They have a lot of picks. This I is true. They have a great opportunity. Will they ruin it another year in a row? There's a strong possibility that they will do that too. Uh, but one team that's being discussed with Cleveland as a trade partner, if they <laughs> were to trade up to to top 10 to get Trubisky, is the New York Jets, your New York team, along with the Giants. The Jets, of course, have a, plenty of holes like Cleveland. They can go just about anywhere in this draft, and I have a piece coming out tomorrow about my top five targets for them. Uh, Which you guys should check out, by the way. I had John Furlong was on the show on the 3-Minute Week podcast earlier today, and he was raving, or Tyler Freer was raving about that article you wrote. So you guys need to go check that it out will be up if tomorrow. you're interested in the Jets. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good directions they can go in, but Reed, first let me get your analysis on who they should pick and who you actually think they will pick. Who they should pick. I think if, well, you, I'm not going to lie, you put this into my head. I think that if Leonard Fournette is available to the Jets at number six, they should take him. Not because running back is their biggest need, but by the time the sixth pick comes around, I'm willing to bet he'll be the best talent available. And I always say, an NFL team never went wrong accumulating talent, no matter what position. Right. And you sold it to me this Saturday telling me that it's so true, is that he's one of the few college players coming in where he kind of has a brand all already established, which would be great for the Jets, a team that, in my opinion, is kind of suffering from an identity loss now that Rex Ryan's gone, now that the defense has kind of stepped back, Darrell Revis is no longer part of them. We don't really know who they are. They don't even have a franchise quarterback. Right. If that's not the case, they need to go for Jamal Adams from LSU. I agree. Now, he's my second favorite safety. I still like Malik Hooker better. But Jamal, even if Hooker is available, I think they should take Adams just because he's. you mentioned Watson being an on-field leader. Adams is that in the defensive end and then just so much better at his position. <laughs> I always think of him as a, as a safety with a linebacker's mentality. He's a player that is arguably the best open field tackler regardless of the position. He has great form. He plays aggressive, yet he's is is um controlled and he's someone who's not afraid to speak his mind to both the media and players but at the same time he's a player I would trust to not say the wrong thing. Right. Now the problem with him is that I don't think his pass coverage is as good but I think he could develop into that and because of all those reasons I said Jamal Adams would be a home run hit for the Jets. So who do you think they do pick at 6 or do they trade down? 
Um, well, we're doing the, the mock draft coming out tomorrow, but I think Fournette's going to be gone. I'm not going to say which team, but he'll be gone by the time the Jets have the sixth pick, and he's not worth um, them trying to trade up. So I believe Adams will be available, and he should be wearing okay. a Jets jersey this year. If not, you go offensive line, Ryan Ramchick, my favorite offensive Wow, line. that's an early selection for Ramchick. I haven't seen him projected that high up, but I, if you like a guy as much as you like Ramchick, then why not, right? I mean, the Jets can't need offensive line help. Uh yeah, I like I like everything you said. Fournette, you'll be a little surprised with my piece coming out tomorrow. Actually, I've kind of taken a step back from Fournette, and I still really like him. I still think he'd be a really good pick for the Jets because he gives them an identity, and he's an extremely good talent, right? Everybody's saying he's the yeah. best running back prospect since Adrian Peterson. Uh, but I have concerns about his ankle. I have concerns about his bruising style of football, how long he can last. The Jets don't necessarily have a great offensive line. And the overall abundance of running backs in the draft every year kind of is a little, I don't, I don't know what the word Although I'm The for. same case could have been made for Dallas when they took Elliott. Exactly. And look what yeah. ended up happening. But Dallas is also the best offensive line in football. But and your Jets were 12th in rushing in the NFL, not, yeah. not too shabby. And, and Bilal Powell, I'm telling you, Jets, Jets fans know this, but people who don't watch the Jets, Bilal Powell if he gets a chance to be the full-time starter, he's a heck of a running back. Yeah. And Matt Forte still got a lot of talent left in him, a lot of tread in his tires. So I think I think they're pretty good at running back if they don't go with running back. I, I think Jamal Adams is the guy they're hoping is there at six. Jenna Lane of ESPN uh, tweeted on uh, on April 21st, just a few days ago, that the Jets basically told Adams, she, this is what Adams told her, you're wasting your time, why are you here? Because they don't think he's going to be at number six. They think he's going to be a top five yeah. pick. And, and I they're think not so really too. Get him. And I, I think so, too. I don't think he'll be there at six. I like Malik Hooker a little bit more just because I believe in a pass-heavy league, he just makes a little bit more of an impact. Yeah, I believe that, too. I just thought for the Jets, Adam's no, yeah. personality fits yeah. better than Hooker. Uh, Hooker has a little bit lack of experience. I think he is not as good a tackler, not as nitty-gritty. By far the most talented ball hawk we're going to have in the, in the draft for a while. But... Um, yeah, Adams just looks like a jet to me. As Malik to hook Hooker's up. range, his ball skills, his instincts, those qualities. I haven't seen a, a safety as good as him. I mean, you're don't looking, say you're, it. You're thinking don't of don't say Earl, it. Earl Thomas, Ed Reed. I, I mean, knew you're gonna go this there. This guy is a special, special safety. But so is Jamal Adams. Jamal yeah. Adams is Brian Dawkins like intensity, passion. He's a tone setter on and off the field. I think NFL.com wrote. That LSU people say he's the best leader they've had come through that locker room in a really long time. That's what the Jets need. They need guys yeah. who can settle down the chaos and get this locker room right. They have problems with Mo Wilkerson. They have problems with Sheldon Richardson, who uh, reportedly were late to meetings a lot last year. There's a lot of chaos going on there in that defense. They had busted coverages about every week. That's what Bull said. Seemingly every press con- every post game conference. Adams is a good is a guy that can really tone that down and, and solve that secondary. The the two best players potentially coming out of this draft could end up being Hooker and, and Adams. Adams. I mean, they're both really good, and the great thing I love about them is they're both really good and they're really different. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're each other's strengths is the other one's weakness. Yeah. Now let me say this. Say Adams is gone. Say Hooker's gone. Yep. Say Fournette's gone. Are you comfortable with your Jets taking maybe a QB with the number six pick? I'm not comfortable with it because I haven't seen anything to to think that they're on their way to being a good 
franchise as far as developing quarterbacks. It's not that I don't like Trubisky. It's not that I don't like Watson. It's can they maximize the strengths of quarterbacks? Can they get the most out of them? And can they build around their skill sets? I have no reason to believe that with the Jets. And where do they go? Where do the I Jets think, go? I think O.J. Howard's a great pick at number six even. I know that's high for a lot of people don't think tight ends should go that high. I think he's a Greg Olson, a Travis Kelsey, a Rob Gronkowski-like focal point of an offense. I would love to see them trade down with Cleveland and get to number 12 and maybe get a, an extra, not maybe. Very patriot get, get an extra second-round pick. Yeah. And possibly the first pick of the second round. That's what Cleveland has. Uh, that would be the best-case scenario if all those guys are off the board. I like O.J. Howard. I, I if, if none of those three guys are there, who would you pick? Well, I love O.J. Howard. I have David Joku as my favorite tight end in this draft. Okay. Although he's not nearly it's a as great tight end draft. Yeah, he's not nearly as talent. Uh, I mean, he is talented. He's not as polished as OJ Howard. Yeah. But I think his ceiling and his athletic ability is just so much higher than Howard's. Also, from the reports I've been hearing and re- re- things I've read on Howard, is that some people feel that he's really not that committed to the sport. And whenever I hear that around a player. I start to get really wary about spending, especially a top five pick on them, which is kind of the main reason yeah. I dropped him down. Now, granted, this could be because Alabama was also said to not know how to use him, so he maybe became disgruntled. I don't think the Jets' culture, quote-unquote, would be good for a Howard. I don't think they should go tight end. I think what they should try and go is just get one of these default great cornerbacks or um, defensive ends, and you can find a quarterback in the second round, or you can find a tight end like Ingram, um, late maybe in the first, yeah. early in the second, do something like that. But don't I – th- I think as far as good as all the tight ends are, and I agree with you, they could all go in the first round. Right. I don't think you take a tight end with their pick. No, that's interesting. I think they're in a position right now, whoever they're going to they're gonna throw in at quarterback needs to have weapons. And they lost Brandon Marshall to the Giants. He's no longer – they don't have a number one receiver anymore. They don't have a tight end. They, they have a bunch of just solid – solid players and I think you can't go wrong with an with with an asset like Howard a guy who can block and receive um but you know like 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 I said earlier they can go pretty much anywhere in the draft uh but you know maybe they'll trade down that'll be interesting that's an ideal situation there's a lot of rumors right now that the Jets uh are in have been in talks with Cleveland I think every team's really in talks they're all doing their due diligence seeing what they can do um, so we'll see. We'll see where they go. Draft day is going to be crazy. I, I, I there too, will be a lot of different yeah changes to the uh, draft. I'm order. a little worried Mahomes might be in play for if they trade down to number twelve. Oh, I please don't. That. I yeah. have him as yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't I'm, like I'm nervous about that. <laughs> Let's go on to another New York team. The Giants at number twenty three. They're in a much better position than the Jets. Some of their needs: offensive line, running back, Reed, Chris McCaffrey, maybe. No. David Joko, Joku, I don't think McCaffrey will be there. McCaffrey's going to be an early teens pick, in my opinion, maybe even number eight to Carolina. Maybe they go tight end, but you don't go on need, as we've learned from many teams in the draft. Who do you think will be there? Who do you think they should go with? I think there will be one. I, I'm Maybe it's wishful thinking. I think either Joku or Howard will be available to the Giants. I think you either go tight end or offensive line. You have... Eli Manning, who's getting older, his arm's getting weaker. He doesn't have as many years as you would maybe like. So you're going to try and make one more big push or a couple pushes because their defense is legit. Yeah. So you either get an offensive lineman to protect him. My ideal situation, though, is you get a tight end like O.J. Howard 
who can be, serve as a blocker. Yeah. He's a good blocker, big, strong guy, but then could also be a dynamic pass option for Eli Manning. It'd be kind of a bargain, get by to get for one kind of sale. Right. I'm just hesitant to say I don't think David Joku or O.J. Howard will be available, and Ingram, for as good of a prospect as he is, I think he's undersized at the tight end position and will become a receiver at the next level. So if they don't do that, then, then they got to go um, to uh, an offensive lineman like well, Bramchick, I think, will be gone by then. But Robinson out of Alabama, again, that NFL factory that is Saban's <laughs> university, I think you have to do the safe, non-sexy pick just to take care of your man, Eli, who is still the face of the franchise. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a, an offensive line draft that many evaluators and experts are saying is one of the worst in decades that they've seen. I don't think you reach for an offensive lineman because then you end up with another Eric Flowers. Uh, but if you do believe strongly in Garrett Bowles out of Utah or a Cam Robinson out of Alabama, then you can't go wrong with that because that's a need. And if, if he's the highest rated player on your board, you should pick him. Yeah, I have to disagree. I like the offensive lineman class in this year. I don't think it's stellar, but I think what's turning off a lot of people is because there's not very many NFL-ready offensive linemen. A right. lot of them are projects. But I think a lot of them at the same time could end up becoming someone that really helps a team get to the Super Bowl. I mentioned Ramchick, not as strong. Robinson, not as polished. Someone like even Antonio Garcia out of Troy, weight problems. There's no perfect offensive lineman, and that scares a team taking a chance on an offensive lineman they're not sure about. But I think that if you do your due diligence, you can find a diamond in the rough. From what I've heard is that there's not many left tackles in this draft. You know, there's right tackles. There's Cam Robinson. Many people believe will have to go over to right yeah. tackle in the NFL. Same with Garrett Bowles, although I think Garrett Bowles has the most potential as a left tackle from what I've read. It's it's tough. It, you know, Giants fans want to get Eric Flowers as far away from Eli Manning as possible because he's a disaster at left tackle. Uh, you know, I don't think you reach on one. Like I said, I, I think that's how you end up with more Eric Flowers in the world if you Ooh. keep reaching on offensive linemen. I like Cam Robinson. I don't think that's a bad Will he pick. be available, though? Because the problem with the Giants is that they're really good at receivers, so you wouldn't really be able to sell going at receiver. Their defense is great. Again, you can never go wrong adding a defensive uh, Maybe a linebacker. Or a linebacker. I think T.J. Watt, who I think is the best tight end I think in this draft, he'll be available. Defensive end, you mean? T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt. Mm, outside linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I thought you said, I thought you said tight end. Did say tight end? Yeah. Oh, my bad. No, I, he's an outside linebacker. <laughs> outside linebacker. He's yes. an outside at linebacker. At 6'4", like 250-plus. He's going to be good. He's, I think he's going to be I really like good. him a lot more than most people, actually. I think you could go there, and that'd be a safer pick, but there are two needs of tight end and offensive linemen. So is it reaching or is it filling one of your holes? It's the whole debate in the NFL draft. Do it's you tough. get talent or do you get what your team when needs? You, when you're far down the draft board like the Giants are at 23, you really just have to wait and see how the board falls for you. Yeah, it, It's tough to say. The Jets at 6, it's so early on, you can kind of get an idea of who's going to be there. The Giants at 23, so late in the draft, you really just don't know who's going to be there. That's a great there, point. Or right? if they even have the 23rd pick right. come, come that time. Right. So I— I think Cam Robinson, apparently, you know, the Ravens, Ozzie Newsom, the GM, loves his Alabama players. They could go offensive line. They could go Cam Robinson, so maybe he won't get, get to the Giants. I think they can go anywhere. I think linebacker would be great. Maybe Zach Cunningham, an inside linebacker. They haven't had a good inside linebacker in a very long time. I would stay away from Cunningham. Cunningham you wouldn't like? Okay. Well, I mean, Reuben Foster, who I love Reuben Foster. He's in my He's in my article tomorrow, and... I think he's a stud. If he falls after everything that's been going on with him, 
You don't think about it one second. You pick him up. That's a great call. That's a, I, I'm bigger on Foster. Cunningham, just because the one thing when I see a defensive player, if they do this a lot in college, it's a no for me, is the arm tackling. And right. Cunningham, you can get away with that in college, but these are grown, grown, grown men in the <laughs> NFL, and I feel like he's going to have missed tackles written all over him once he gets to the next level if he doesn't fix that. I love your idea, though, because Foster is – I, I called him in my article lightning in a bottle yeah. that if pointed in the direct, right, right direction I saw that. That can was be a like good, yeah, I mean. a great weapon. Uh, and I think the Giants could control him. I like that that culture. So if that happens, go ahead and do it. I don't think it's going to. Real quick on Reuben Foster. We know the rotator cuff concerns. His agent's been tweeting out positive news saying he'll be ready. He's ahead of schedule. Doctors are saying it's healing perfectly, that it's going great. He obviously had the diluted uh, sample, urine sample from the combine. And he had that little altercation with the hospital worker. Although I don't think I think that's really overblown. That's what I've seen people saying it's overblown. Smoke screen. A lot of these. I mean, I'm not saying it's not true, but a lot of these teams hype up stories or even regrettably sometimes right. make them up because they want guys to drop to them. And he apparently said on, on Sports Center today that, you know, you wait for six hours at a hospital, you get a little impatient, and and. Don't we all I know would, the feeling? I, I would get in a little bit of an altercation too if I was waiting for six hours and the hospital workers were ignoring me. Uh, so I, I, I think he checks out fine. They, they also say the environment environment that he comes from is a tough environment, and there are character concerns with him. But he said it on SportsCenter today that he moved away from Auburn so that he could get some structure in his life, life, and he has a daughter. And I see a lot in him that he's trying to be a better person, that he has an idea that he knows that he needs to stay clean off the field, and he has a responsibility as a dad. And he was a captain at Alabama. I think Reuben Foster is a home run if you get him there. Uh, I really love the guy. Uh, I could be wrong about his shoulder. I'm not a doctor, but all of that are valid points. But they're not enough for me to turn away from him. I yeah, think, no. like they're, they're, he's a defensive player. These I'm not saying I'm not excusing any of his actions, but these are the type of personalities every NFL team has on their roster. Right. My one concern is that he's a little undersized. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's a little. I'm maybe. Mistaken. I actually he's think like, he's like six one, right? In good. Well, he's six foot, but he's like he's like, around two thirty. He's slimmed down. I know. I, li- I guess I like my linebackers to be a little bit taller, just because I think it helps in pass okay. protection, or whatever. But again, I'm I'm trying to create the ideal linebacker. I think what he's makes pretty him, close to the ideal linebacker for me. Yeah, and that's and that's probably the case yeah. with most people. And I think that. But I, I, he does have some size concerns. You're not wrong on that. But I, what I just love what he has in one of the him and Jamal Adams are the two players I've noticed have this quality, and right. it's one I want in every defensive player. It's this kind of controlled aggression that you you try to right. coach up in a player, but you really can't. That idea about when he makes contact is an extra pop to it. Yeah. When he takes them to the ground, he's not trying to take them to the ground. He's trying to take them underground. <laughs> it's like that kind. Look of up mentality. some of his hits if you have not seen Ruben Foster. Yes. That dude can hit. And and for that reason, that mentality, it's infectious not only to his players, but it's effective men- mentally when he gets to the NFL. You're right, home run hit for the Giants. That being said, we could all be blowing smoke out our butts because he's <laughs> available. <laughs> he's a guy, like I said, I think he could be a Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley like like linebacker on the next level. He's, Luke Cle- Keekley, that's high praise. He's Cle- that good. Keekley? Bobby Wagner, too. Bobby Wagner, I think, is the number two linebacker in the, in the NFL. But that's it for Ruben Foster. Let's get on to our next <laughs> segment. Jets, Giants, we've done. Now I want to go over who we think, give one player, you can give a couple players if you really want. Who do we think is the most overrated, underrated, and then a bold prediction? Let's start with the most overrated player you see so far in this draft. Okay, so well, let me just, you're not going to be happy about what I'm about to say. Let me just kind of 
say this first. When I say this player is overrated, I'm not saying he won't have a successful NFL career. I'm not saying he doesn't have qualities that would lead me to believe he'd be a contributor to an NFL roster. Right. I'm saying he's not nearly as good as most of us may assume or project him to become. And that guy is your man, Deshaun Watson. Okay. I don't love him. He's as, not really my man. I just I, I like him. I, I just I'm not. I I, I I don't think he's. A, I think I'm kind of. I'm projecting to the public maybe because I've yeah. talked to a lot of people and a, a lot, lot of people love fans him. love him. Yes. And I understand why. I understand why they love Tebow coming out of college. Definitely more talented than Tebow. Don't get me wrong, but after watching tape on him, I I look at him as a dynamic college quarterback who did yes use his feet as a weapon, but was a thrower. Uh, just. Okay, let me, let me backtrack. The way I usually evaluate a player, and it, it could be done in different ways, is I look at the way the player scores. Right. How do they get the stats? I don't care about their stats. How do they get the stats? What do they do? Because there tends to be patterns, strengths. Yeah. And then I ask myself, can these things be done at an elite level at the next level in the NFL? Right. I look at Watson. and While he's not a running quarterback, his feet were a big weapon while he was with Clemson. And, and that being said, it's not even the fact that he ran, it's the threat that he could run. So he keeps defenses in college honest, maybe even having to use a linebacker to spy him, which then takes away from the pass coverage, making it easier for him to pass. Right. I don't believe he's a good, as good a runner or an athlete to be able to make defenses be that fearful at the next level, which means he's going to have to become that much better of a pocket passer. And he does have qualities. I think he's an accurate passer. I don't love the speed of his release. I also... Ha- kind of wince when I see his release. He kind of has a hitch in his elbow. Yeah. So there are qualities in his throwing motion and his um, ability to get the ball, stay in the pocket that I question. And it scares me when I see those questions and then also don't believe he'll be able to be as dynamic a runner as he was right. in college. So I, for that reason, I would kind of stay away with him unless I get to the third or second round. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with everything you say about Watson. I'm, I'm not... I'm really not one of those guys who says Watson should be the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, I just, I, I just think no one says that. The person, <laughs> well, there are fans out there that think Deshaun Watson. They can say whatever they want. Be They'd top, be wrong. Yeah, I, you know, me a year ago, I would have been really down on Deshaun Watson because I see a lot of, you know, concerns like I had about Dak Prescott. I didn't have a high grade on Dak Prescott no last one did. year, but guess what? What Dak Prescott showed me last year is if you have a really good plan for him you have a coaching staff that just knows how to build around his skill set it doesn't matter all those flaws it does not matter the analytics it matters how you use him if there's a team that says look Deshaun Watson's here we know how to get the most out of him we know how to build an offense around his skill set he'll be a really good quarterback in the the NFL the analytics and the scouts are kind of down on Deshaun Watson it's really the intangibles it's the it's the person you're betting on in Deshaun Watson which is why I think if he's there mid first round and you're a team that can develop quarterbacks, I think it's a good pick. His personality is infectious. That is a great point. I don't I don't think it's a good pick for the Jets necessarily. I don't think it's a good pick for a team that just doesn't know how to develop quarterbacks or has shown no track record to do so. But I think uh, he's such a great person to bet on that if you know how to develop a quarterback, you can get a lot out of him. My most overrated player, I was going to go Marshawn Lattimore because of the hamstring issues. Uh, his hamstring issues really scare me. I, I like what I see on tape. I think he could be really good if he stays on the field. Are they that scary to you? Well, he had surgery on a, on his ha- on a torn hamstring back in high school. He only played one year at Ohio State. Hamstrings are the most common injuries in, in the NFL for a stop-and-go position like DBs where you, there's just so many sudden movements. I think you could run into a lot of problems with Marshawn Lattimore if it's not a fully checked injury. 
I, I see, you know, Patrick Mahomes, though. I, Patrick Mahomes is a guy who, who really stood out to me on tape early on. Then you realize how limited and non-transferable that offense that he ran is. Preach. He scares me. He scares me a lot because, and we interviewed him at the Super Bowl. He's a big guy, good kid. Uh, I, I like what I see from him uh, as far as arm talent goes. I just freak out at the possibility of, the, of a team like the Jets picking a project quarterback like him. Um, I, I mean, Arizona, you know, you have Bruce Arians, a great quarterback coach, a, a great offensive coordinator for a head coach, and you have Carson Palmer there. That would be a, probably a good destination for him. I'm just scared about Patrick Mahomes. I think people are getting a little too infatuated by his arm talent. He scares me. Yeah, no, I I would not take Mahomes unless it was late, late in the draft. I'm not high on him. He could be for someone else. Completely agree with you because mm-hmm. everything he needs developing at is basically throwing. He's very yeah. talented. He's yeah. exciting. These are not things that necessarily translate to the next level. And if I'm an NFL franchise, I don't want to be that invested in developing a quarterback. Right. Um, I'd be much more inclined to do that with someone like a Watson. Uh, at the same time, I think it can be fatiguing when you say you have to build a team around a quarterback. I think that can be fatiguing at times if you don't think that player can eventually develop into your franchise quarterback who doesn't need that. Because people forget, Tom Brady even, way, when he started winning Super Bowls with the Patriots, those couple ones, they didn't win it because of him. They were yeah. they had a great defense. They played with him. It wasn't until later in his career that he became the man. So if you think he could become that, you take someone like a Watson or Mahomes I think we maybe differ on Watson, but we're on the same level that Mahomes won't end up becoming that guy. Again, I don't think we differ on Watson. I, I think we both <laughs> see similar. I think we both see a lot of flaws with them on tape. I'm just okay. a more of the mindset that if you put him in the right situation with the right coaching staff, you could get another Dak Prescott. Underrated players, let's go through these next two things pretty quickly because we don't have a lot of time. Underrated, uh, Reed, who do you have as one of the more underrated guys? Well, if you guys read my quarterback article I just released today. Thank you. It has to be Nathan <laughs> Peterman. Uh, okay. I, he's my favorite quarterback coming out of this draft. I know it's shocking. It shocked me, honestly, when I went to go look at tape for all the quarterbacks because he's a redshirt senior out of Pittsburgh. Nothing physically about him stands out. 6'2", 226. But it's just everything about him screams to me fundamentally sound NFL quarterback. I love his footwork. I love the way he even releases the ball. Plays in a town like Pittsburgh where the weather was a factor. Didn't um, kind of bother him. He transferred schools showing mental toughness, much like a Russell Wilson. I think he's incredibly accurate, and I think what he does really well and something a lot of quarterbacks struggle with is he is really accurate on the run as well. Mm -hmm. He can run to his left, he can run to his right, and still hit the ball right where he needs to go. The one problem I have with him and the problem most people have with him is he's the exact opposite of someone like Mahomes. His arm strength is definitely lacking. But I think you can either develop that or you can work around that because it's not so weak that he can't throw a 40-yard pass, right? right? I think arm strength is overrated. Someone like a Jay Cutler has a great arm, not necessarily the most successful quarterback. Definitely, He has everything you want your quarterback to have, and for that reason, I think Peterman, five years from now, will be seen as the greatest quarterback to come out of this draft. Okay. Well, I'm not as high uh, on Peterman as you are. I do think he's a solid quarterback prospect. I think he's 
very accurate. I think he's NFL ready. I think he's a smart quarterback. I see Trevor Simeon in him, which is kind of a good comparison because Simeon's been successful already. Uh, uh, he kind of came onto the scene last year and surprised people. Uh, worst case scenario for Peterman, I see him out in the le- out of the league in four years. <laughs> That's the worst case but, for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, but I see I see a Trevor Simeon in, in him, so I don't have a problem with that necessarily. I love that. Worst case scenario, he's working at Home Depot yeah. for years from now. You know, like could be NFL quarterback. Could be working the locks department over at local. <laughs> I'm sorry. My, <laughs> my underrated player is, uh, he's not really underrated, but uh, he's a guy that a lot of people have kind of stopped talking about since the national championship, but that's Mike Williams, the receiver out of Clemson. He's that's, not a under, great, that's a great he's point. He's not wow. underrated, but he's just not talked about a lot for a first-round pick. Why is that? You know, I think a lot of people are, are more obsessed with other positions. They don't think receiver is that strong in this year's draft. I think Mike Williams is the number one receiver at the next level. He's big. Immediately? He's like, yeah. I think he's a number one receiver. Wow. He's six foot six foot four, I believe. Uh big body. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Brandon Marshall, very physical, uses his hands exceptionally well to win contested catches. Uh, he plays at a, he produced at a high level at Clemson. He's so big, he's got such a good frame for a quarterback just, just looking to throw it up to a guy. He'll be a red zone target. I, I, I think he's a number one receiver in the NFL. I think he's a stud. Uh, I think a lot of people are not talking about him. I don't understand why. I know he doesn't get as much separation as you would possibly prefer from another receiver maybe a Corey Davis but I love Mike Williams I think the guy's going to be a great receiver I'm with you in this I think Mike Williams and I wrote in my piece that I think he does have potential to to be exactly what you call him a number one receiver I don't think coming right into the NFL he'll be that just because you mentioned the separation problems that's an issue and that's really comes out of the fact that he's not the most disciplined route runner he's also not an incredibly dynamic athlete once he gets the ball so much like Juju Smith out of USC right Juju Smith Schuster. Schuster. I I always mess it up. Anyways, (laughs) they're both really good at catching the ball. You're right. 50-50 balls, he's amazing. He could be easily, I mean, yeah, arguably the best receiver in this class. It's just the athleticism afterwards, and you can never tell. It's kind of like quarterback mechanics. You can never tell if a wide receiver will be able to develop their route running or not. If he does, watch out, because you're right. He does have the ceiling of someone like Brandon Marshall. If not... You know, he could always be the guy that was like, "What if?" Well, there are speeds, there are speedsters, the guys who can get separation. And there are guys who can use their body and, and really use that to their to well, their advantage. Ra- you'd rather, I mean, much like quarterback being accurate, I'd much rather my receiver be able to catch, yeah. than to be able to get himself open. Right. Because if you're open, doesn't matter if you have bricks for hands. Yeah, like exactly. It's great. It's a great exactly point. like Will Fuller of last year, John Ross of this year, <laughs> John Ross. Well, John Ross has pretty good hands. Mm-mm. No, nope. you don't think so? Don't touch him. Anyway, last last. Little segment, <laughs> real little, because we don't have a lot of time. The littlest of little. The littlest. One bold prediction. What's going to happen Thursday night that other people may not see coming? Um, I've been thinking about this. I think that we're going to see. It's usually going to be a quarterback. I think that's kind of the safest idea. One team's going to reach for a quarterback. I think that one team's going to jump up early to get a quarterback. It won't be a team like Tennessee. It could be someone like Arizona taking uh, someone like a Mahomes at 13, which would be a great combination of taking quarterback pretty early. Not only that, a yeah. quarterback that maybe we don't think warrants that type of right, pick. Right. I think that, um, honestly, the problem with predicting surprises is because you don't know them until they happen. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have anything like a Lattimore last year, that kind of surprise. I think it's going to end up. Oh, my God. I, just, I, just mispre- I forgot his name all the time. Miles Jack? Wait, with the, the, the gas mask. 
Oh, oh Larry Tunsil. Tunsil. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long <laughs> day. Fast. It's been a long day, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. I, besides that, I see a team like maybe Denver, Detroit, or Miami kind of giving up a lot of their future to get up in this draft, getting a player that they maybe think could McCaffrey. help out. Yeah, that could help out exactly right. one of their quarterbacks. But besides that, I think it's going to be exactly what we predicted to be a team, a, a draft in which teams just keep exchanging picks. Right. You know, I kind of alluded to it, I, and I'm not sure if this is my bold prediction. I think the Jets, if they trade down to 12, there's a strong chance to go Mahomes. Uh, I could see, I guess— Don't say it. I guess, don't say I it. I guess my bold prediction would be I see three quarterbacks going top 15 in this draft. I don't know if that's a bold prediction because I think a lot of people are starting to catch on to that. The only guy I, I could see slipping out of that top 15 is Deshaun Watson. I see Mahomes and Trubisky having a greater chance of going top 15 than Deshaun Watson. I could see Watson falling because of all the flaws you see on tape. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll say three quarterbacks go top 15, and one of them could be Mahomes to the New York Jets. What about this? Chances that the top five picks do not have an offensive player in them. Percentage. Top five picks. So I'm looking at Miles Garrett. You, you're also Marshawn Lattimore. None of these quarterbacks safeties. are going to be reached for. I think there's a slim chance of that happening because wow. I think a team will want Fournette. They'll want a quarterback like Trubisky. Don't cancel out the Bears for Trubisky or, or Watson. I think they're going to go quarterback if yeah. they really like a guy. Um, Fournette could have dropped. I think there'll two. be one guy at least in the top five. That's an offensive That's a fair player. call. I think Fournette could have dropped to six or lower, but because of Ezekiel Elliott's, Ezekiel Elliott's yeah. success last year, some teams are going to want to try and re- recreate that. I was just curious. I'm interested to see what the Jaguars do because Tom Coughlin's there now. Yeah. It. Deshaun Watson strikes me as a Tom Coughlin guy. Oh, the, you know, all the t- tangibles, intangibles. I also think Leonard Fournette is the absolute perfect fit for the Jaguars. The only thing they're lacking offensively, besides a quarterback, is <laughs> is a running back, and they really need a running back. Ivory did not work out for them last year. TJ Yeldon's not really a three-down back. I think if they get Fournette, they get an identity there, and that would really help Blake Bortles. And they have a lot of good receivers, and they have, they've stacked up on their defense and free agency. I'm interested to see what Coughlin does. But, Reed, couldn't agree more. I enjoy doing this podcast with you, man. I We've enjoy been talking it. a lot about the about the draft, and we finally got on air. To I do know, it. and we could probably be here for another hour. <laughs> we doing could it. definitely be be here for another hour. But thanks for having me on. Yeah, and I can't wait for the week to come for us to probably get even more sweaty about these NFL little <laughs> stats that probably. Of, you know what I always say before we go? Do you agree with me? I always think of NFL drafts or NBA drafts as like the sports fans Comic Con. You know, oh yeah, where all fans kind of get together. NFL just, draft especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. For that reason, it's mock draft season for like from February through yeah April. It's really I, I, mock I've been draft reading season. mock drafts for 2018, 19 already. <laughs> so there, there are people out there who literally treat this as their Christmas. That's Reed Horner. I'm Christian Goey. Thanks for listening to our pre-draft edition of NFL Friday. Tune in for our NFL draft coverage. Uh, you can hear us on the internet. And on Friday, we're gonna have a post-draft NFL Friday. Uh, so stay tuned for that. This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.